0: Program is Overcoming Life Obstacles Blog Talk Radio. Each uh, time we're on the first and the third Tuesdays of each month, we'll be teaching principles of the Overcoming Life. And basically, they've really come out of God teaching me to overcome some things, and I'm still overcoming. How many of you know the promises of God are to the overcomer, not to the overcome? We all have areas that we have to overcome. And if we didn't have something to overcome, we couldn't be an overcomer. So that's why we can count it all joy, knowing that the testing of our faith is producing endurance. Um, If you would like prayer at the end of this uh, teaching, if you will call 646-595-4784, and don't forget to press one be happy to pray for you at the end of the program. But tonight's program, uh, the title of the program tonight is it's entitled, uh, Can a Christian Have a Demon? And I have a precious friend who says a Christian can have as many demons as they'd like to have, depending on how much sin that you want to open your life up to. Every time we sin, we, we open our life up to the enemy. And, but praise God, he has given us an out. He tells us if we can to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Basically, deliverance in a nutshell is James 4, 7. Give yourself to God, which means submit yourself 100% to God and resist the devil and he'll flee. And, you know, there are many people that don't believe a Christian can have a demon because of what Jesus did for us at Calvary. Actually, what Jesus did for Calvary was to make it possible that we could be free and the curse would be broken off our life. But we have to appropriate it. It's kind of like if somebody put a million dollars in the bank. And uh, you didn't write a check on it, it'd do you no good. So Jesus did more than give you a million dollars. He gave you all kinds of spiritual treasures and things you can overcome and promises in God's word, but they have to be, they're conditional and they have to be appropriated. Well, let's pray before we start. Father, we come before your throne in the mighty holy name of Jesus. We ask that you baptize us with your Holy Ghost and with fire. Father, we ask that you bring down your kingdom upon us in the name, power, blood, and authority of Jesus. I pray for every person who's listening in. I pray tonight, Lord, that the truth will set us all free. Father, I thank you and praise you that you uh, won the battle at Calvary, that by your strife we're healed. We thank you that you're our healer, our deliverer, our Savior, our King, our God. We thank you, Lord, there is no one like you. And we thank you for letting us know you a little bit. And, Lord, we want to know you a lot. We want to decrease that you might increase. And I pray tonight, Lord, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be acceptable to you, O God. In Jesus' name, I pray that you will let me be a tree of life, that rivers of living water will come forth from my innermost being, that every life will be touched, every life will be changed, Lord, that we be closer to you and closer to those that we love and closer to others that we might walk in love with our fellow man. In the name of Jesus. And Father, I just cover this program and everyone who's listening in, and myself and my family with the blood of Jesus. Uh, I pray, Lord, that you put a hedge of protection, a wall of fire, your warring angels around us. And Lord, I forgive anyone that would be speaking a curse on us. And, Lord, as we forgive them, we bind and break every word, curse, spell, hex, fix, charm, incantation, divination, assignment, attachment, voodoo, magic, black magic, sorcery, witchcraft, mind control, shrouding curses, caging curses, words of death, words of iniquities, uh, curses, assignment, satanic rituals spoken over us, over our president, Donald Trump, over uh, every person who's listening in, over Dorothy and her family, over me and my family, Uh, over everything that concerns us in the name of Jesus. We pray a special covering of warrior angels over and about us to boomerang back on the enemy. Every curse and assignment sent against us. We pray for their salvation. We pray you'll bless them with the fear of the Lord, the conviction of sin, a spirit of repentance. And Lord, we thank you that your word says that when we roll a boulder on someone else, it goes back and crushes us. So We dig a pit, we fall in it, we hide a net, our own feet will be caught. So we pronounce that upon the enemy. In the name of Jesus, Lord, thank you that our enemies are not flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. You're, you're concerned about the souls of men and women. And so, Father, tonight we commit this teaching to you. We thank you for what you're going to do in the name of Jesus. Uh, most people believe that because of Jesus, what he did at Calvary, that that we don't have to worry about demons. Well, let me tell you something. Fear is a demon. God, the, the scripture says God has not given you a spirit of fear but of love, power, and a sound mind. So if God's not giving you a spirit of fear, who do you think has given you a spirit of fear? Fear is faith in what the devil tells you. Faith is what your faith in what God tells you. A bitterness is a, is a, a demon. Uh, depression's a demon. Discouragement's a demon. I mean, um, in fact, the scripture says in First uh, Samuel fifteen twenty three, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and all iniquity, is as idolatry. So any any iniquity is idolatry, which is carried out by demon powers in us. And so hopefully that tonight, as I go through the scriptures, um, it will clear up any misconceptions that you have about deliverance and is it for today. You know, sometimes people think that, well, because Jesus is not walking here on the earth in uh, as he was before, that uh, deliverance ended when Jesus went uh, was resurrected But you know when he left He left a promise to us He said greater works will you do Because I go to the Father So he came he left the Holy Spirit in us And we'll do greater works than he did The same works he did and greater works Even And um, and most of us Are not operating in those greater works But I'm telling you we're all a work In progress and we should be working on it uh, To be closer to Jesus So that he can more pour his spirit out upon us and through us to touch the lives of people that are around us. And um, some, do not, in fact, you know, there's some denominations that if, if you are a minister or you're a preacher in a denomination and you, you get into the ministry of deliverance, they kick you out of the association. Can I tell you that's a religious spirit? The Pharisees, the Pharisees are still around. You know, Jesus said he came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's the humble person that will receive truth. There are many, many church members that you can't teach anything, and that's just a religious spirit. How do you know it's a religious spirit? Because religious people only deal with the outward. They don't deal with their heart issues, and they just want to go through the motions, and they want to conform you into their image, and rather than letting uh, Christ be formed in you to conform you into his image. The word demon and demons uh, appears in the New American Standard Bible, 70 times, and the word um, evil spirit appears 21 times. In the King James uh, Version, the word devil or devils is used, not demons, appears over 80 times. Did you know that a third of Jesus' ministry was casting out demons? Uh, If you look up the word um, spirit, it would be there over 100 times. The word deliver appears 296 times in the King James Version and 196 times in the New American Standard Bible, and deliverance appears 21 times. In the New Testament, 61 times Jesus directly or indirectly dealt with demons. No one ever had authority over demons uh, in the Old Testament until Jesus gave us that authority. Another way of saying it is, you know, in fact, I remember my mother saying one, one time, she said, I don't believe that Christians can have demons, but I believe that they can have a demonic stronghold. Well, it's the same thing. You know, all of, our, all of us, myself included, have areas of our life where the enemy has set up camp and has, has uh, gotten the victory. But, but our job here on earth is to work at our salvation with fear and trembling so that we can overcome these things. And so, you know, in 2 Corinthians, it says, the weapons of our warfare, this is in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, 5, and 6, the weapons of our warfare are not worldly, but mighty to God for the smashing down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high and lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And let me tell you, it's, this is a good prayer to pray. If you're listening and you've got lost family members or you're praying for the lost, there was a little track years ago that was given to me uh, by a man named Jack Taylor, who in earlier years mentored me when I was a new Christian. But in that track, it was called How to Pray for the Lost. And in this track, this man used 2 Corinthians 10, 4, 5, and 6, and so when you pray for someone, pray Second Corinthians 10, 4, 5, and 6, and say in the name of Jesus, I tear down strongholds of pride. In other words, whatever you see working in their life, you tear down those strongholds. I tear down strongholds of unbelief, doubt, sexual immorality, addiction, compulsion, pride, arrogance, boastfulness, self-pity, religious spirits, or whatever you see. I cast down and tear down those strongholds in so-and-so's life, And in the name of Jesus, I cast down every imagination, every high and lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And I bring into captivity in this person's life every thought to the obedience of Christ. And I've seen many people come to Christ just through praying that. And also the scripture says that Satan has blinded the minds of those that are lost. So we have authority over all of Satan's power. So you, we need to bind Satan from from blinding the minds of whoever we're praying for. Also, Job 22 says, if you lay your gold in the dust and you remember the Almighty is your gold, you can decree a thing and those who do not deserve to be saved will be saved by the cleanness of your hands. Scripture says, if you regard iniquity in your heart, God isn't going to hear your prayers. And so pray, make sure that you're prayed up, confessed up. When you pray for people, otherwise your prayers have no effect. I remember this was the scripture that God really has used, used in my life for 20 years uh, of praying for a son who is living a homosexual lifestyle, praying for his salvation. And I prayed for 20 years and uh, confessing and believing and tearing down strongholds. And praise God, my son's in heaven. It took ages to save him, but I thank God he's in heaven now. I'll see him again. And I look forward to seeing my son, praise the Lord uh, Because Christians um, Are owned by, by the Lord Jesus Christ um, Possessed by His Holy Spirit A Christian cannot be possessed by a demon In the King James Version it, it, It's a wrong translation It talks about demon Being demon possessed And that word in the Greek is dimon, dimoni, Which means to be under the control of Or to have a demon um, A good way of explaining this is say you go on vacation And while you're gone a thief breaks into your house And he occupies your house Uh, He takes control over your house He doesn't own your house but he takes control of it A Christian can have many, many demons And I'm telling you, I thank God for deliverance I wouldn't want to go back one day in my lifetime um, uh, Because I've overcome so much and, and I thank God for the overcoming life. I thank God that Jesus at, on Calvary uh, overcame for me. And the Bible says that he spoiled principalities and powers, made it in an open show of them, triumphing over them at the cross, made it possible for me to walk in victory. And praise God, he tells me to work out my salvation with fear and trembling. And so it's a process that lasts, um, for, it lasts until you enter heaven. And, and, and it's a way that we have to overcome to strengthen us. Another example would be if, uh, say, a believer gets addicted to drugs or alcohol. Uh, the scripture says, "Whatever you let control you becomes your master." But suppose a person gets uh, becomes an alcoholic, and he's a believer, and he's a uh, he's on drugs, and uh, uh, he's he's come under the influence of alcohol and drugs. Uh, he's not. Uh, owned by it because jesus owns him if he truly is a believer but 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 of course i want to add this the scripture says that no no drunk will enter the kingdom of heaven and many people even who are listening in to me now are under the influence of some kind of medication i'm not telling you not to take your medication but i'm telling you that you're under the influence of it in whatever area that you're under that influence you're under the influence of it And so we want Jesus to be the great physician in our life. And whatever you do, you better be trusting the great physician because sickness is a curse according to Deuteronomy 28. And a a curse without a cause cannot light. And so um, don't let anything control you except Jesus. And would you say that Mary Magdalene was a believer? The scripture says she had seven evil spirits cast out of her. Now, I think I've had more than seven cast out of me. Um, there's almost not a day goes by. It's a part, I believe, deliverance is a part of the sanctification process. There's not a, there's not a day that goes by that I don't feel like I'm not getting delivered from something. Uh, when God shows me something I did 50 years ago, I say, God, please forgive me for that.
1: And you know what?
0: I get delivered. Um, there's many things that we've done that we've long forgotten. And when the Holy Spirit brings something back to, into your mind, confess it. Because if you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Um, in Luke 8, it says a certain woman which had, uh, had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of, out of whom came seven devils. Um, in Matthew 18, it says... Um, when you don't forgive, you get turned over to the tormentors. And in the word, in the tormentors in Greek, in the Greek means demons that inflict pain. It means the pain of disease. And I personally believe that unforgiveness, someplace in our life, if it's not generational, if it's not inherited, uh, someplace in our life, we haven't forgiven somebody, our mother, father, forefathers, it can be passing down can be a generational curse of sickness, but sickness is carried out by demons. And a demon cannot be in you unless you've given ground to him through sin. Um, Matthew 18, it says, uh, when you don't forgive, Jesus turns you over to the tormentors, the demons that inflict pain, the pain of disease. And if you're listening in, I hope you'll uh, be turning in your Bible. Go to Matthew 18, verse 21, and, and it'll start there. Then Peter came up to Jesus, and he said to him, Lord, how often should a, should a brother sin against me, and I forgive him, up to seven times? Now, Peter thought he was really doing something by saying seven times, but Jesus answered him, I do not say unto you seven times, but seventy times seven. For this reason, the kingdom of God, heaven, may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he had begun to settle them, there was one who owed him uh, 10,000 talents Which was about um, 10 million dollars And and brought to him But since he did not have the means To repay His Lord commanded him And him be sold Along with his wife and his children So when, I, when the head of a house Does not forgive This affects his children too To go into a prison And it can be a, spir- a spiritual prison When we don't forgive and all that he had and that repayment be made so the slave fell to the ground and this is and prostrated himself uh, before him saying have patience with me and i will repay you everything and the lord of that slave felt compassion and relieved him and forgave him all that debt now that's a picture of what jesus has done for us and we've we've we owe him more than 10 million dollars and he's had mercy on us to forgive us. And of course, if we don't confess our sin, we don't get forgiven. Uh, Matthew eighteen twenty eight says, But that slave went out from, uh, from one of his fellow slaves, went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii, which was about $18. And he seized him and began to choke him, saying, Pay back what you owe. Uh, So that's a picture of when we don't forgive uh, God forgave us for more than a $10 million debt And we go find uh, Sally Sue over here Who owes me $18 And I don't have mercy on her And it says uh, So his fellow slave fell down And began to plead with him Saying have patience with me And I'll repay you But he was unwilling And went out and threw himself prison. Until he should pay back what was owed So when you don't forgive somebody You're putting them in a prison Concerning you A spiritual prison So you know You might be judging them For not loving you And when, if you don't forgive them You put them in a prison Where they can't love you It says so when his fellow slaves Saw what had happened They were deeply grieved And they came and reported to their Lord All that had happened It would be like Uh You don't forgive um, an $18 debt when you've just been forgiven for a $10 million debt, and your friend next door sees this, and so it goes, tells the Lord on you, and this is what the Lord said. Then summoning him, his Lord said to him, you wicked slave. You see, he's saying if you don't forgive, it's wicked. You wicked slave. slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have also had mercy on your fellow slave the same way I had mercy on you? And his Lord moved with anger, handed him over to the to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed him. Now, the torturers means demons that inflict pain, the pain of disease. It means an inquisitor. An inquisitor is a jailer who stretches someone out on a rack and tortures them so they get what they want. And they do this in the occult all the time. They have inquisitors. It says, My heavenly Father will also do the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. When we don't forgive, we're turned over to tormentors. Now, Jesus was talking to Peter, and Peter was a believer, so he's not talking to a heathen when he says this. He's talking to a believer. And uh, I just want to quickly tell you how to forgive. It says you have to forgive. It says if each of you does not forgive from your heart, that's a heart a heart issue. Is a Usually it goes back to mother and dad. And how many of you have said, I? Cho- and let me say this, forgiveness is not a, an emotion, it's a choice. I choose to do it because I love Jesus, and his word says that I need to forgive. So I make a choice to forgive. Um, it's kind of like um, uh, one day I went out, to, the Lord taught me how to forgive. I went out and had lunch with someone, and we, we got in a disagreement. And she said she was sorry, and I said I was sorry. And the next day, I was still arguing with her in my head. And I said, Lord, she said she was sorry. And I said, I was sorry. Why can't I, can't, why can't I get over this? And the Lord said, she's just like your mother. And I said, well, Lord, I don't know what to forgive my mother for. The Lord said, forgive your mother for everything that you don't like about her. So I just started saying, I forgive my mother for being negative. I forgive her for being critical. I forgive her, forgive her, forgive her. And it was totally over. And that's what the Lord showed me. Now, if you can quickly forgive, it's not a hard issue. Sometimes somebody may say to you, would you forgive me for what I said to you yesterday? And you might say, well, what did you say yesterday? And you might tell them, and and they might say, well, I didn't think anything of that. That's not a hard issue. But many of you have tried to forgive because you know that God's word says you have to forgive. Because if you don't forgive, God won't forgive you. Let me tell you something. If you hold unforgiveness in your heart, you will not even go to heaven. Because if God won't forgive you, then you've got to be forgiven before you can even get to heaven. And so if, if, so, how many of you have said, I forgive, and then two days later, like me, you're still arguing with that person in your head. Or a week later, a year later, or uh, a month later, you're still thinking, oh, this turkey, rah, 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 I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that, I'm never going to talk to him anymore. Think of all that stuff. You haven't forgiven from the heart. And this goes back to mother-daddy issues. It could even go back to grandma-grandpa issues. To forgive means I'm sitting on my judge's bench, and I'm judging the situation. But to forgive means I get down off my judge's bench. I take the people I need to forgive. Plus, I bring my mother and father, too, and my forefathers that, didn't, that did the same thing to me that these turkeys in the present are doing. I walk him over to God's courtroom where he sits on the throne as the judge. I open the courtroom door, and I put him in there, and I say, Lord, you said vengeance is yours, you'll repay. I put him in your courtroom, and I rest my case. I shut the door, and I rest my case. Now, the reason when God says um, that vengeance is mine, he'll repay, basically, whatever somebody else does to you, they're going to reap it back more, the same thing, more. Uh, later And the same thing So you can leave it to God's Righteous law of, of Sowing and reaping to know that Whatever is done to you in a negative way Is going to go back to the that person More later and the same thing Now if you do this Wanting God to punish him Guess what you're going to get punished So you have to put him in there And leave everything to God That's what that means To forgive uh, And Matthew 5 says That if you to make, he said that you're not to be angry with your brother. Um, and it says, make friends quickly with your opponent while you're with him on the way. Turn you over to the judge. And James 2 says, God is the judge. There's one lawgiver, one judge. And the judge turns you over to the officer, which is a demon spirit. And you'd be thrown in a prison, and it's a spiritual prison. And whoever you haven't forgiven, you're going to go into a spiritual prison and it says in Matthew 5, you'll stay in that prison until you pay up the last cent, until you forgive. And so if you're angry at 500 people, you're in 500 different prisons. And so it just doesn't pay to hold unforgiveness in your heart. Ephesians 4 says that when you let the sun go down on your anger, you give the devil a foothold in your life. And we've given the devil many footholds in our life because as little children, we don't know we can go to God. When our parents violate the law of God in training us up, we don't know we, go, we can go to God. So we turn to promises we make ourselves that when I grow up and get out of this house, life's going to be different. What can I tell you? It isn't different because that set in motion forces that cause me to keep reaping the very same thing that I've judged. And so you'll either marry somebody like your mother and father or you'll be like your mother and father. So if you're married, I can tell you 99% of the time you're living with your mother and daddy. The things that irked you about your mate goes back to the things that irked you about your mother and father. God says, fathers provoke not your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline instruction of the Lord. And what that means is that in every if if you um, train them up, if you don't train them up in the discipline instruction of the Lord, you provoke them to anger. There's only two options there. Train them up in the way they should go Or provoke them to anger So you may not know you're angry until 50 years later Because God doesn't show you everything at once But when that crops up Always ask God to show you How that happened How it got there Proverbs 17:11 says A rebellious man seeks only evil So a cruel messenger will be sent against him Now I want to ask you a question Can Christians be rebellious? Absolutely they can And a cruel messenger, who do you think that is? A demon spirit will be sent against him. Psalms 107 says that there are those who dwell in darkness and in the uh, shadow of death, prisoners in misery and chains, because they have rebelled against the Most High God. Proverbs 16:7 says, "When a man's ways please the Lord, it makes even his enemies to be at peace with him." Now that's a good verse that I stand on in this world. I can tell you I don't fear what's going to happen or I don't have a fear of of what somebody's going to do to me because God says if my ways please the Lord, it makes even my enemies to be at peace with me. So if something's coming against me, the first thing I do is say, okay, Lord, where are you not pleased? Show me, Lord, and repent and get the hedge back up on myself. And so I believe that when things happen, we need to always examine what is the Lord trying to teach us. And James 3 says, if we have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in our hearts, to not lie against the truth, for this wisdom is not from above, but it's earthly, natural, and demonic. Um, It says, uh, for where there's contention and strife, there's every evil work. And so jealousy and selfish ambition is demonic. Can Christians get selfish? Can they have selfish ambition? Uh, I tell you, some of the People I know that are the most selfish Call themselves Christians Now that's debatable if they really are But um, I know people that don't walk in love With people they pick and choose Who they love and I've Been guilty of that myself and so God doesn't want that God's no Respecter of persons and he doesn't want us To be a respecter of persons Now because pride is the Character nature of Satan uh, As God's flock Are we the flock of the Lord we can get taken captive just because of pride because that's the character and nature of Satan. The character and nature of Jesus is to humble ourselves because he says he's humble and meek, to take his yoke on up upon us because it's light and easy, and we'll find rest for our soul. And if your soul's not resting, you don't have on the yoke of Jesus, and you need to get it on. It's a spiritual yoke. I think last week, uh, week before last, I taught on, Yokes of pride I believe If not you can go into the archives And find the message yokes of pride And see that Jesus' yoke is a humble yoke Because he's humble And we have to humble ourselves to wear that yoke Uh, Jeremiah 13 Verse 15 says Listen and give heed Do not be haughty For the Lord has spoken Give glory to the Lord your God Before he brings darkness And before your feet stumble On the dusky mountains And while you're hoping for light He makes it into deep darkness And turns it into gloom But if you will not listen to me God says My soul will sob in secret For such pride And my eyes will bitterly weep Down because the flock of the Lord The flock of the Lord The flock of the Lord Has been taken captive So the flock of the Lord Can be taken captive Because of pride uh, I feel like that what God has shown me about uh, the eye problems that I've had, that God's healing, praise God, they're better. Praise God, I'm overcoming this. Praise God for the blood of Jesus, that uh, Jesus healed me at Calvary, and I'm standing on that. But I really believe with all my heart that pride was the biggest sin that I've committed. You know, pride's like an iceberg. You want to saw it off at the water's edge through repentance, and some more floats up. And so, praise God, uh, that's the character and nature of Jesus uh, is humble. And, and Satan's character and nature is pride. In fact, that's what got him kicked out of heaven. God says, I see the haughty from afar. So, if we think God's away from us and not close to us, it's because we've been haughty. Lamentations 110. In fact, the whole book of Lamentations is about the spiritual harlot. And um, when we pray a prayer to receive Jesus, we're going to be the bride of Christ. And if our hearts go after other lovers, we, we are spiritual harlots because we're going to be the bride of Christ. And if we have another lover besides Jesus, we commit spiritual adultery and we're spiritual harlots or spiritual prostitutes. So the whole book of Lamentations is about the harlot, the spiritual harlot, the believer that says, yes, I love Jesus, but their heart goes after other lovers. And Lamentations 1.10 says, the adversary has stretched out his hand ...over all her precious things. For she has seen the nations... for, ...for she has seen the nations... ...enter her sanctuary. Now we're the sanctuary of the Lord. And the nations is the type and shadow of demons. It says, the ones whom you commanded God... ...that they should not enter into your congregation. The kings of the earth... ...did not believe... ...nor did any of the inhabitants of the world... ...that the adversary and the enemy... Uh, Could enter the gates of Jerusalem Now Jerusalem is the type of the church And so uh, in fact Nobody believes that the demons can Enter the church well that is a big Lie because it's been very convenient For the devil you know I know people That uh, need deliverance So bad but they don't recognize They have a need for it and you just Don't walk up to somebody and say hey You have a demon or I see you have a demon You just have to pray that person to the Place where if you can minister To them that they'll come to you Lamentations 4.13 says, because of the sins of the prophets and the iniquities of the priests. Uh, and and it's for this reason that the enemy has entered the gates of Jerusalem because the priests and the prophets and the preachers don't teach against sin. In fact, very few t- churches that you go into will teach against sin. And let me tell you something. If you attend a church and they're not telling you to deal with your sin and deny your Self and teach the word of God uh, let me tell you Something you're not hearing from God because Every message that God gave And his prophets gave was that We repent of sin it says It says because of the sins of our Prophets and the iniquities of our priests Who have shed Blood in the midst I'm sorry who have shed in The midst of The midst The blood of the righteous and how they've shed The blood of the righteous is By not teaching us to repent of our sin, they've shed blood. They've shed the blood of the righteous. In the New Testament, 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, which means drink down, gulp down, and swallow up. Um, And so why would God warn believers in the New Testament to be sober and vigilant so that the adversary, so that um, the enemy would not get advantage over us or swallow us up, Joel two nine says. And, and you know the in Joel two, this has been uh, incorrectly interpreted as an army of Christians rushing upon a city and leaping on a wall. Can I tell you, it's an army of demons. It goes on. If you read the whole book of Joel, you said that they come like locusts. And you can read in, in Revelation 9 how the locusts come up at the, out of the pit, which are the types of demons. But in Joel, it talks about how the, how the locust eats everything in its path, and it's, it, it's a destructive path. So it's demons. It says they rush on the city, they leap on the wall, they climb in houses, they enter through the, the windows like a thief. And I'm just wondering how this might apply also to Windows 10. It says they can crawl in the windows. You know sometimes if we're looking at the wrong things on the internet, uh our uh demons can come in through the windows. Uh there there's a woman who was a daughter of, of Abraham who had been, been over for 18 years with a with a Satan had bound her for 18 years. <clears throat> she was a daughter of Abraham and when you read daughter of Abraham or son of Abraham, it's talking about a believer uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ and I want you to see who a daughter of abraham is luke 13:10 uh, says and he was teaching in in one of the synagogues on the sabbath so he was teaching in the church house on the sabbath and there was a, a woman who for 18 years had a sickness caused by a spirit so you see there she was sick because of a spirit and she was bent double and could not straighten up at all you know i see so many people especially when they get my age i'm almost 80 and I see people that are my age and even younger, even 50 years old, 40 years old, bent over and bowed down because of demons and need, in need of deliverance. Can I tell you that if you keep on getting deliverance, that you, we all have to get old, we all have to die, but we don't have to be senile, and we don't have to be bent over and bowed down. God wants you to be able to walk straight as an arrow. And, uh, and the more you repent, the healthier you'll be. The more you repent, the more you will be uh, strengthened with God's might and with his Holy Spirit. You'll be always triumphing in Jesus' name. Uh, you'll be overcoming uh, in the name of Jesus. You don't have to be bent over. And uh, demons bend you over. Demons hinder your posture. Demons afflict you. They oppress you. They press you down. In Luke thirteen twelve, when Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, "Woman, you're freed from your sickness." So she has a demon. So he tells her she's freed from her sickness. Many times in the New Testament, where Jesus cast out a demon, some places he cast the demon out and the person was healed. Another time he healed a person and the demon left. So you see how healing and deliverance and demons are interrelated. Luke thirteen thirteen, and he laid hands on her and immediately. She was made erect again and began glorifying God. But the synagogue official, indignant, he got mad, this religious guy, this Pharisee, because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. He began saying to the crowd, there are six days in which to work. Uh, work should be done. Come during them and get healed, but not on the day of the Sabbath. Jesus said, he, Jesus was very polite. He said, you hypocrite. <laughs> He didn't mind telling it like it was. You know, that's one thing I love about our president, Donald Trump, is that he says it like he is. I, I, I'm, I, I'm had enough of all this walking on the eggshells and and politicizing everything and not saying things like they are. Tell the truth. God tells us to speak the truth in love. You know, sometimes He might be saying it wrong, but listen, God. Uh, we all say things wrong, but God wants us to speak the truth in love. Luke 13:15. But the Lord answered him and said, you hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox and lead him out to water him? And this woman, a daughter of Abraham as she is, whom Satan has bound for 18 years, should she not be released from the bond on the Sabbath day? And, he said, and as he said this, all of his opponents, that's the Pharisees, they were being humiliated, and the crowds were rejoicing over all the great things being done by Jesus. And, and this woman, Jesus said, a daughter of Abraham as she is, whom Satan has bound for these long 18 years, should she not have been freed from this bond on the Sabbath day? Now I want you to see that the daughter, who, the, I want you to see scripturally, Who the daughter of Abraham is Um, In Romans 9 6 It says "But But it is But it is not as though The word of God has been Has failed For they are not all of Israel Who are descended from Israel Nor are they all children Because They are Abraham's descendants But through Isaac your descendants will be named That is It is not the children of the flesh who are children of God, but the children of the promise, who are regarded as descendants in Galatians three seven. And there's, I could teach a whole hour on to show you scriptures where we are the children of Israel. We are the Israel of God. We're the spiritual Israel of God. It says, therefore, be sure that it is those who are of faith are of the sons of the son of Abraham. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There are neither male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And for those who might have a problem with a lady teacher, I may have a girl carton, but it's the Holy Spirit that is the teacher. Galatians 3.29 says, And if you belong to Christ, then you're Abraham's descendants. You're heirs according to the promise. And here's another place. You know, Zacchaeus, was a descendant He was a bloodline descendant Of a Jew He was a bloodline Jew Zacchaeus was a descendant of Abraham But, but he became a son of Abraham When he got saved And I want you to, uh, li- to turn to Luke Chapter 19 verse 8 You know Zacchaeus was up in the tree And he came down and said to the Lord Behold Lord uh, Half my possessions I will give to the poor uh, And if I Had been defrauded if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I will give back four times as much. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to your house because he, too, is the son of Abraham. So you see Zacchaeus didn't become a son of Abraham till he got saved, and that's in Luke 19. Luke 19, verse 10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. Hallelujah The children's bread Is for the children And I used to read this passage In that Mark 7 In earlier years I got deliverance uh, I couldn't understand why Jesus Would want to turn a woman away But then as I began to understand Deliverance I saw why uh, Says so, so the children's bread Is for the children uh, And deliverance is the children's bread In Mark chapter 7 Verse 25, it says, But after hearing of him, a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately came and fell down at his feet. Now, the woman was a Gentile of the Seraphonician race, which she was really a, a type, this is a type of a lost person. And she kept asking him, she asked and asked and asked for him to cast the demon out of her daughter. And he was saying to her, Let the children, in other words, let the believers be satisfied first. All she was asking for was deliverance, but Jesus said, let, let my children be, del- be satisfied with deliverance first. For it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And she, a dog is a type of an unbeliever. But she answered him and said to him, my, yes, Lord, but even the dogs under the table uh, feed on the children's bread. In other words, feed on the crumbs. Of the children's bread So all she was asking for was a crumb A crumb was just a little uh, Was deliverance and I want to add To Jesus said And he said because of this answer Go home your daughter the demon Has gone out of your daughter and I Want to encourage those of you who are praying For your children this daughter was Not there in Jesus's presence Just the mother was coming to Jesus On behalf of her daughter Jesus said, go home, the demon has left your daughter. So those of you who are praying for your children, praying for your loved ones, hey, Jesus can set them free, and they don't have to be there. Praise God. Um, and the dogs are a type of the lost people, and I want you to see this in Revelation 22:14. It says, blessed are those who wash their robes. And, you know, the way we wash our robes is to keep on repenting and confessing our sins. So that, in other words, we don't let defilement get on our robe. We don't let sin stay there. We deal with it, so that they may have the right to the tree of life, and they may enter into the gates, into the city of heaven. Outside of heaven are the dogs and the sorcerers, sorcerers, and the sexually immoral persons, and the murderers, and the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices lying. And I want to tell you, if you look up that word sorcery in the Greek, it means pharmakia, a a spell-giving portion. Uh, Hebrews 2.15 says that when we fear death, we're subject to slavery our whole life. You know, we not only fear dying, which a lot of people run to the world for answers because they're afraid to die. Um, A lot of people are afraid to die because they know they're not ready to meet God in eternity. We need to live our life every day so that every day, if we don't know where we're going to wake up tomorrow, uh, we need to, every night before we go to bed, and I do this each, every night, um, I say, Lord, is there anything that would, would, any sin I need to confess? Because, Lord, I don't want to wake up in eternity um, with it, any unconfessed sin in my life, and uh, we need to stay prayed up and stay confessed up, but when we fear death, it subjects us to slavery our whole life. Even if we fear dying to the flesh, we're, we're bound if we, we're afraid to die. Jesus said, you have to give up your life that you might find it. That's in Hebrews 2.16. Unforgiveness, and Jesus tells us to forgive so that Satan won't have an advantage over us. Second Corinthians 2.11 says, so that no advantage will be taken of us by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. So one of his schemes is to get you into unforgiveness or bitterness. And Paul had an evil spirit. You know, sometimes people say, well, it, Paul, it, Paul was just blind or Paul had a physical uh, sickness. And I don't know what Paul had, but one thing I do know, it says it was caused by Satan. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 says, because of the, Paul said, Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations for, his, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, uh, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh A messenger of Satan So we don't know what it was But we know it was a messenger of Satan To, to torment me To keep me from exalting myself Psalms one well, oh. I've already read that one And so deliverance is a holy work You know when a demon goes out of a person The kingdom of God comes upon that person When a person is healed the kingdom of God comes upon that person. Matthew 12, says, Then a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute was brought to Jesus, and he healed him so that the mute man spoke and saw. All the crowds were amazed, saying, What manner of man is this? This man cannot be the son of David, can he? But when the Pharisees, that's the religious folks, that's the church leaders, heard This they said This man cast out demons by Beelzebub The the ruler of demons And knowing their thoughts Jesus said unto them Any kingdom divided against itself is laid waste And any city or house Divided against itself will not stand If Satan Cast out Satan He is divided against himself How then will Will his kingdom stand If I by Beelzebub Cast out demons By whom do your sons cast them out? For this reason, they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, the kingdom of God comes upon you. So when Jesus was saying, when I cast a demon out, the kingdom of God has come down upon you. So later on, when you get delivered in this message, you can know the kingdom of God has come down on you. It says, or how can anyone enter the strong man's house unless he first binds the strong man? And then he will his goods will be plundered. He'll plunder his house. He who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters. So you see, the whole subject here is deliverance. And so basically, if I'm not casting demons out, uh, I am scattering. If I'm not gathering, I'm scattering. It's that Jesus said that the that the harling, one who doesn't own the sheep, he doesn't warn the the flock that the wolf's coming, and he's a harlot, and he. A hireling and he scatters the flock And so deliverance is gathering And uh, you know if you go Into a psychologist or you go into Psychiatry God says in Colossians 2 8 and 9 See to it that no one Takes you captive by the philosophies Of the world by the elemental Principles of the world other than Christ So actually psychology Takes you captive and and so Jesus said, if you're not gathering with me, you're scattering. And so if you're not getting deliverance in repenting and getting deliverance, you're getting scattered and not gathered. Therefore, I say to you that any that any sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven people, but blasphemy against the Spirit shall not be forgiven. So you see, anyone that's coming against deliverance is blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man shall be forgiven him, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit shall not be uh, forgiven him, either in this age or the age to come. Either make the tree good and the fruit good, or the tree bad and the fruit bad. A tree is known by its fruit. But, and they're still talking about deliverance in Matthew twelve thirty four. Jesus said, you brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. The good man out of his good treasure brings forth what's good, and the evil man out of his evil treasure brings forth what's evil. But I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give account of on the day of judgment. For by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. You know, whether we're talking about deliverance or not, our words, what's in our heart comes out our mouth, and that's what condemns us. And Jesus said, greater works will you do because I go to the Father. As his disciples, we have a commission to heal the sick, cast out devils, raise the dead. Would you think that the last words that Jesus spoke before he was resurrected would be important? You know, like if I, had, if I knew I was not going to get to see my family anymore, the last words that I would speak to them would be very important. Wouldn't you agree? So the last words that Jesus spoke, Mark's account says, these signs shall follow those that believe. They shall cast out devils, speak in new tongues, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And then M- Matthew gives an account in Matthew 28:18 of the last words that Jesus spoke, and Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go Therefore, and make disciples, we're going to make more than 12, of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you to do. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So Jesus is doing this, and I'll be with you. And so let's see what he commanded them to do. In Matthew 10, 1, Jesus summoned his 12 disciples, and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. So he's given us authority as disciples to do that. You know what hinders us is unbelief and doubt. Matthew ten eight says, he says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. So that's, the, that's what Jesus commanded them to do And was teaching them to do Matthew nine thirty two, As they were going out A mute demon possessed man Was brought to him After this the demon was After the demon was cast out Of the man The mute man spoke And the crowds were amazed And were saying Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel and Jesus answered and said to them, you unbelieving and perverted generation, how long shall I be with you? <clears throat> how long shall I put up with you? Bring him here to me. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of the man, and the I'm sorry, out of the boy, and the boy was cured at once. When the demon left, the boy was cured. Mark 3.14. And he answered, and he appointed twelve, so that they would be with him, and that uh, he could send them out and pay out to preach, and to have authority to cast out demons. <clears throat> and they went out and preached that men should repent. And you know what? That's what we need to be preaching. That's what the church needs to be preaching. That's what uh, preachers need to be preaching. Uh, prophets need to be preaching. You know what if there's a man That calls himself a prophet and he's not Telling you to repent let me tell you something He's a false prophet um, <clears throat> They went out and preached that men should Repent And in Mark six thirteen, <clears throat> And they were casting out Many demons and were Anointing with oil many sick People and healing them He who has believed And has been baptized Shall be saved But he who has disbelieved condemned These signs shall accompany those Who have believed in my name They will cast out demons They will speak with new tongues They will pick up serpents And if they drink anything deadly It will not hurt them They will lay hands on the sick And they will not might They will recover And uh, our problem is We don't really believe that And so, Lord, we ask you to forgive us for unbelief and doubt. We want to operate in your gifts, Lord. Um, You know, I'm not going to go out and pick up snakes, but I live on 116 acres, and I believe if a snake bit me that uh, it wouldn't hurt me. In fact, I have a friend that lives in the country, and a copperhead bit her, and she didn't even go to the doctor. And she was healed, praise God. She thought thought a, a stick had flown up in... Hit her in the ankle, uh, and I'm not going to go and drink anything deadly. But let me tell you something: our food is poisoned. That we, uh, the, all the preservatives in foods that you eat, the preservatives, the ge- genetically modified foods that even the bugs won't eat. Um, and you know, you think, well, there's just really nothing to this. Can I tell you? I have, I have uh, chickens, and um, when I was buying them the regular chicken feed. They might have six eggs a week or two eggs a week, but since I've been feeding organic chicken feed, I have probably almost a dozen eggs a day. So don't tell me that you, what you eat doesn't have an effect on your body. <clears throat> Mark sixteen nineteen. So then, so then, so then, when the Lord Jesus had spoken to them. He was received up into heaven And set down at the right hand of God And that's where he's sitting Right there to work with you Signs and wonders Jesus came to set the captive free But we need to recognize we need to be free Um, You know you can't You can't uh, discipline A a demon And you can't disciple The flesh You have to cast the demon out And you have to die to the flesh. Luke nine, one. And he called the twelve together and gave them authority and power over all the demons, so I don't have to worry about the devil. And to heal diseases. <clears throat> now after this after this in Luke ten one, Jesus appointed seventy other disciples. You know, sometimes we think, well, We're not not of the 12 disciples This is for the 12 disciples Hey He tells us to make disciples right In in Matthew 28 In Luke 10 He appoints 70 other baby disciples First time out And he sent them out In pairs Ahead of him to every City and place Where he himself was going to come And he was saying to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Go, behold, I send you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. What he was saying, I'm not sending you out with wolves, but I'm sending you out in the midst of demon-possessed people. And heal those in it who are sick. And say to them the kingdom of God Has come near you So when we're healing the sick Or casting out demons The kingdom of God comes near that person But whatever city or You enter And they do not receive you Go into the streets and say Even the dust of your city Which clings to our feet wipe off in protest against you Yet be sure of this, that the kingdom of God has come near. Luke ten sixteen, The one who listens to you listens to me. The one who rejects you rejects me. And, you know, this should encourage you, or maybe it's a discouraging thing, but, you know, we all have family members that reject us. We all have people that reject us. And Jesus said if you're operating Walking in obedience to the Lord, and Jesus is your Lord and Master. If anyone don't listen to you, they don't listen to God either. And so sometimes we think it, that that we think, you know, maybe something's wrong with me. It may be that something is right with you. He who rejects you, rejects me, and he who rejects me rejects the one who sent me. The seventy. Now these baby first time disciples ever were out. These seventy disciples. They returned with joy, saying to the Lord, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. I mean, this was the first time they were out. They were baby disciples, and they were amazed that even the demons were subject to them in his name. And he said to them, I was I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Behold, I have given you, baby disciples, authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means injure by any means injure you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the demons are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's Book of Heaven. And at that very time he rejoiced greatly in the Holy Spirit, and he said, I praise you, Father. Now he turned from the disciples, now he's turned to the Father. He said, "I praise you, O Father, Lord of Heaven and Earth, that you have you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed these to babes to infants. Yes, Father, for this way is well pleasing in your sight. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father." and who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son has revealed him. Now he goes, he turns back to the disciples, and he says uh, privately, blessed are your eyes which you see the things you see. In other words, the wise and intelligent don't see what you see. The Pharisees don't see it. The religious folks don't see it. But you, disciples, blessed are your eyes because you see. He said, For I say to you that many prophets and kings wish to see things which you see and did not see them, and to hear things that you hear and did not hear them. Now in Acts 6, you're going to see that the disciples were increasing in number, at, uh, Acts 6, 1. Now at this time, the disciples were increasing in number. A complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews. Because their widows were being overlooked uh, in the daily serving of food. And I, I just read that to show you that the disciples were increasing. Acts two, So that the 12 disciples, the original 12, summoned the congregation of disciples. Now you see there's a congregation of disciples and said, it is not desirable for us. To neglect the word of God In order to serve tables Acts eleven twenty six, And the disciples were first called Christians At Antioch And can I tell you if you're not a disciple A disciplined one One that's overcoming uh, It says in Isaiah That he will give you the tongue of a disciple That you might sustain the weary one With a word and morning by morning He awakens the disciples Ears to listen and they will not be Disobedient nor will they be turned back so, uh, if you're saying you're a Christian, you better be a disciple, or you're not a Christian. You just say you are. You just a religious folk. And the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. But the, and then in John thirteen thirty five, Jesus said, "By this you will know that you're my disciples, if you have love for one another." And this should encourage you. That the good news is that the only people that can get delivered are those that recognize they, they're they in bondage. You know, if, if in your lifetime you've confessed the same sin over and over, uh you can't get victory, you're always down in a certain area, the devil's got you down sitting on you in an area you have, you've never been able to overcome, you feel helpless. You constantly cannot get the victory. You've confessed the same sin over and over. I'll never do it again, God. This is the case. You've got areas of your life where you're in bondage. And praise God, you can get free. But you've got to find out how it got there. And you've got to repent. Give yourself to God according to James 4, 7. And resist the devil and he'll flee. And and Satan doesn't have to have, he doesn't have the power to keep you from going to Jesus. Jesus is the healer. And he's the deliverer. And for um, and here's just four keys to being set free: recognize that you need help. Number two, re- have a repentant heart. Um, and the word um, repentant has to do with um, change your mind. It means to turn around and go the other direction. Thing is, repent to God and to man. Others it says in, in Matthew 5:23 And 24 if you uh, Bring your gift to the altar you Go to pray you remember there your brother or sister Has ought against you you may Not have anything against them but they've got ought against you you're to go to your brother Get right with them and then come and bring your Gift to the altar And then renounce the Lies of Satan did you know that every place There's a bondage that begins with a lie and so those of you who are, um, who, who are listening in and who are willing to pray this, uh, I want you to ask the Lord to show you what you need to repent of. Uh, ask God to search your heart, test your thoughts. If there's an area of your life where you've not been able to get free or walk in victory or you're addicted, whatever you're letting control you becomes your master. doesn't mean that you're owned by the demon, but it means that you're kind of under the influence. Of of the devil And so you can have as many demons as you want As many demons as you will allow Into your life through sin So pray with me Search my heart oh God Test my thoughts Show me everything I need to repent of And lead me in the path of everlasting life In Jesus name Now come against I break every demonic stronghold of pride I break the power of rebellion In the name of Jesus In Jesus' name, I come against fear, doubt, unbelief, worry, anxiety, tension, stress, nervousness. In the name of Jesus, I come against depression, despair, hopelessness. I come against pride and arrogance. I come against boastfulness. I come against lies and lying. I come against unbelief and doubt, religious spirit. In the name of Jesus, I come against every spirit of adultery, spirits of fornication. I come against lust. I come against the spirit of pornography. I curse all these spirits. I curse bitterness, resentment, anger, hostility, malice, murder, reviling, jealousy, envy, envy, slander, heresy. In the name of Jesus, I come against pride, haughtiness, arrogance. In the name of Jesus, I come against the yoke of bondage. I come against the spirit of fear. In the name of Jesus, I come against the spirit of of, uh, mind control. I come against hypnosis. In the name of Jesus, I come against addictions to to pornography, addictions to television. In the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, I break power of every demonic spirit that is held in in bondage. I cast down every imagination, every high and lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And I take captive, in Jesus' name, every thought to the obedience of Christ, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I send forth God's mighty healing, restoring, delivering power into the lives of every person who's listening to this message in the name of Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, mighty God. Bless you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for loving us, Lord. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your kindness to us. Thank you that you haven't killed us. God, thank you for being long-suffering to us in the name of Jesus. Praise you, Lord. And I pray with me, Lord, fill me with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control in Jesus' name. Now I'm just going to tell you a little bit about the ministry, and if anybody wants prayer, if you'll call in at 646-595-4784. Um, and uh, be sure... and, and and uh, press 1, and then we'll be happy to pray for you. Um, and I hope you'll listen again on the first and the, first and the third um, Tuesdays of the month from 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time. And uh, you can write us at Abiding Life Ministries, Post Office Box 1141, Lindale, Texas. Email me at McGee at sbcglobal.net, and that's G like George, E like Edward, R like Robert, I like Ivy, M like Mary, C like Cat, G like George, H like Henry, E like Edward, and E like Edward again at sbcglobal.net. You can go to my website at com, and I apologize, we're in the process of trying to have a new website and get it updated And um, so if, if You're listening in and you know how to Help us with the website We certainly would welcome your help uh, We appre- we'd appreciate it So much um, we're, just a, we're just a One person in the office And they can't do everything And um, I just Want to remind you of our meetings uh, You can go to our website JerryMcGee.com And uh, there's books there you can order there's one book I would recommend, well, several I would recommend, but one called Clearing the Land. Uh, it's a little repentance book, and you actually can go through that little book, and you can just pray the prayers. <clears throat> it, it lists all the Bible curses. It lists uh, uh, sins to, co- to confess. It shows you how to break soul ties, and you can actually get a great deliverance just going through that repentance book. Many people teach, that, teach uh, deliverance sessions by using that little book. It was written in 1985. It's gone all over the world. It's in uh, I'm told it's in Russian, even though I've never seen that. I gave somebody permission to print it in Russian, and I never got a book. But it, we also have it in Spanish. Uh, we have meetings in Duncanville, Texas, and we just changed that meeting place today. Uh, it'll be at the Hilton Garden uh, Inn, and that's located in Duncanville, Texas, on I-20, and Main Street exit And uh, if you're listening in And you'd like to attend If you'll just go to my website And sign up for my email I'll send you a flyer When I'm going to be on the radio I'm usually on the radio on Tuesdays And um, if you'd like a meeting Scheduled in your area If you will um, If you will email me I'll be happy to uh, To go wherever the Lord opens up the door um, I appreciate you listening. I'll be in York, Pennsylvania on um, September the 28th through the 30th. And uh, I'll be at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp in November for the Thanksgiving camp. You can go to LakeHamiltonBibleCamp.com and you can see the schedule. I'm there every holiday. We have prayer teams that pray for people. Um, it's the greatest place I know of of getting of getting being able to get deliverance it's very inexpensive to go uh which is very good um also the prayer teams pray for people every morning and um you can get mighty deliverance in fact, I watch people that come to all the camps and and if they come usually to all the camps at the end of the year they don't even they 're not even the same person um I've changed Jerry, we do have a caller, okay, let me just say this, and then I'll come. Uh, we changed okay. the duncan Duncanville meetings. We changed them till instead of the second Tuesday of the month, I'm sorry, the second Saturday of the month, they're the first Saturday of the month, and they'll be from from ten o'clock to twelve thirty and they'll be at the Hilton Garden uh inn. They're located in Duncanville, Texas. But if you'll email me, I'll be happy to put you on the email list and send you directions to the meeting. Uh, Okay, I'll take this first caller. Okay, area code
1: 302, your mic is open. Hi.
0: Hi, hello. What is your name? Cinqueta. Okay, how can I help you?
1: Hi. Hi, Sister Jerry. Um, I just want to say that I really enjoy your ministry. And I guess I was looking for prayer regarding to, um, I guess, my purpose and where God wants me to be. And just, I guess, maybe come into agreement with someone about oh, that's that. It.
0: That's an easy thing to pray for.
1: Because okay. God
0: says, is Jesus the Lord and master of your life? Yes. Well, the Bible says in Psalms 139 that he has scheduled every day of your life before you were even born. He knew you when you were in your mother's womb. It says in, uh, I think it's in Corinthians, it says, or in Ephesians, it says that you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works that he has prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. So every day of your life, Jesus knew when he led you be conceived. He knew exactly what he wanted you to do, and if you just stay yielded to him, and I like to say, just stay on the potter's wheel. Have you ever watched a potter work? Mhm. You know, the 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 clay doesn't do anything but rest on the potter's wheel. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. And uh, the clay, you know, our clay's got a lot of junk. My clay's got a lot of junk in it, and so is yours. <laughs> But God takes the junk out. If if we stay on the potter's wheel, he takes the junk out. So it's just a picture of staying under his control, of denying yourself, taking up your cross, um, giving up your life. That uh, Jesus said, if you hold on to your life, you lose it. It's just a, it's just staying like the clay on the potter's wheel um, where Jesus said, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke on your neck. And learn from me, for I am gentle and humble, and you shall find rest for your soul. And see, that's another word for being on the potter's wheel, just wearing the yoke of Jesus, coming under his control. But the good news is God already has a plan. Our problem is we try to turn, we try to turn the potter's wheel. And I told I told my son one day, I said, you know what? As long as you're yielded to, to the potter, you can't miss God. So just say, mm-hmm. yielded to him. Lord, I thank you for my... Sweet friend, I ask you to bless her, encourage her. I pray, Lord, that you pour your love out upon her, that she'll know that you are a God that gives direction. Um, let me ask you this. Did your parents direct you and guide you, or were you just left out there to kind of flounder and find your own way?
1: Um, I feel like a, a little, like a little bold. Okay. Well, Lord,
0: I I just forgive my parents that they didn't instruct me and guide me. Um, And Lord I thank you that you Your Holy Spirit lead me You lead me into truth You said walk in the spirit And I stay yielded to you That's walking in the spirit I present my body to you Lord As a living sacrifice And so thank you Lord And Lord I just put her on the potter's wheel In Jesus name And just thank you that you have a wonderful plan For her life And thank you for her Thank you for that she loves you Thank you that that, uh, she seeks you. And, Lord, you said if we'll seek you with our whole heart, we'll find you. In Jesus' name. Well, thank you for calling
1: in. Well, thank you, and thank you, Sister Dorothy. I mean, I really enjoy your teachings, and, you know, I feel like I've grown a lot. I learned a lot, like you said, about repentance. I didn't even know, like, what that was about or how to do that. I'm just excited, just getting all oh, the junk praise. out of my life and yielding you know, to him, like you said. And I feel much better too about that prayer, because I'm like, okay, let me just stand my words, let me stay speaking <laughs> right. God until He reveals it to me. Because I guess I thought maybe I was supposed to be doing more with my life. Like, should I go into ministry? Should I do this? Should I do those? So more so, like, you know, what to do. And I don't want God to think that I was wasting time.
0: You no, know, be no. or
1: anything. Well, when so. you're on the potter's wheel You're doing what he says You know, if I okay.
0: say obey God Immediately you think you got to turn the potter's wheel But I like to say yield Which means obey And yield is a picture of getting arrested by the Holy Spirit <laughs> You ever watch anybody get arrested? They do what they're told Is that right? <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. right.
0: <laughs> so bless you Thank you for calling in and thank you You're for welcome. your encouragement. That encourages us to know that people are being helped.
1: That's what well, we do this definitely. for. Definitely. Thank you. Thank yeah. you both. Well, God bless you. All right. Thank you. God bless you as well.
0: Is there anyone else, Dorothy? No, I guess that not. was it. No, Okay. <laughs> I just want to say uh, thank y'all for listening in. If the program has been a blessing to you, and you would like to uh, help help finance the ministry so that we can keep on ministering, you can email Dorothy at dchurchy one at hotmail dot com, or you can email me at jerry McGee. you can go on jerrymcgee dot com, and there's a place where you can give a gift through PayPal. We don't do this for the money, but it surely helps when we have uh, light bills to pay and Uh, Secretaries pay and books to print So we just appreciate Anything you can do and we just say the Lord Bless you may the Lord bless you and keep you And make his face shine upon you And give you even more peace In Jesus name